If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'm Dean. I'm the dad. I'm Laura. I'm the mom. And I'm Crystal, and I'm the daughter. And together we are Family, Family Plot. Plot. This week's show brought to you by COVID. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. I never agreed to allow COVID to sponsor this crud as bad as they're making us feel. <laughs> <laughs> The place we live, the people that <laughs> rent us our room, or rent us our space, uh, we spend a lot of time with them. We, we, we share a building, so we, we spend a lot of time uh, with them. We often share meals. Well, they're both double-vaxxed. Uh, I think they both got their boosters, and they both got a positive COVID test just before the weekend. So... The rest of us have been dealing with COVID symptoms uh, not too far distant from that. Now, I would like to say for sure we have it one way or the other. Uh, boy, I certainly felt like I had it. I haven't felt that miserable in a minute. But every place that did COVID tests it sort of blew up as far as any availability for it. So, uh, Long story short, the only one of us who's been tested is Laura. Uh, and, and Caitlin. Well, not since we got sick, but she's been tested. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, but that doesn't tell us whether she had. Listen to what your dad, listen to the words that are coming out of dad's mouth, Crystal, and follow along with the story. <laughs> My brain does not seem to want to do that today, so sorry. It's the COVID. <laughs> The point is, is that the only one of us who's been tested since our exposure is Laura. And, or since we were aware of our exposure is Laura. And while most of us have had the symptoms, so I'm pretty sure we have it, um, 
we don't have an official medical diagnosis. Right. So. Uh, but that being said, Laura and I were both vaxxed. Uh, I have not had a booster. I'm not sure if Laura has. Krista has not had any vaccination whatsoever, so she she probably she had tons of fun. We all seem to be doing much better now, but if we all sound like we have a cold, that's why. This is a COVID-friendly episode. No, no. Stop making it COVID-friendly. It's going to think it wants. We want it back. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, so if you're going, boy, they sound a bit sniffly, uh, give us a break. That's all I'm saying. So, welcome to the show, as always. Um... Thank you for joining us, again, as always. Um, just remember the good news. If you enjoy the show, share it with your friends on social media. If you don't enjoy the show, keep it to yourself. Uh, also, remember, you can support us through Patreon and buy me a coffee. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, if you want to throw a couple bucks our way, that both are fine ways to do that. Uh, also, and we appreciate that. We do, we do. Also, we're on something called Ninja Buzz. Now, Ninja Buzz is basically a way for businesses that need ads to hire us to do their ads. Well, another podcast, uh, I want to say their name is Confirmed or something like that. Or, or But an another podcast is, is wanting to hire us to make a commercial about them, and, and so fine with that, but the person who I'm talking to is Caitlin B. So when I saw that I had a message on Ninja Buzz from Caitlin B. You thought it was your, our daughter. I thought it was C our or daughter. C or K. C or K. C. It's spelled the same. That is funny. And so I was like, why is Caitlin on Ninja Buzz? And then, oh, Different Caitlin. But the show sounds quite interesting. It's a deep examination of a specific case with enough suspects to throw a stick at, so it'll be. To throw a stick at? Oh. I want to throw a stick on, at somebody. <coughs> Not randomly, a bad person, but, but I want to throw a stick, stick yeah, at somebody. Yeah, so. I uh, just had to share that, seeing as I, I saw Caitlin sneaking through trying to get to the restroom. Because, unfortunately, you have to go through the studio to get to the restroom at this point. <laughs> she just glares at us. <laughs> so, what are we talking about this week? Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. You're usually the one who tells us. I'm getting there. That was my next thing. In 1980 which was a pretty cool year, near Woodbridge, Suffolk, in Rendlesham Forest, on two separate nights in late December, unidentified aerial phenomena were viewed by multiple witnesses. The UK Ministry of Defense has declared that it was never a threat to English security. So what really happened? Did American Air Force officers witness UFOs over the English countryside? Was it all just a hoax or perhaps a misidentification? This week, we look into the Rendlesham Forest incident. But first, first, Krista has weird facts. Krista has weird facts? 
Oh, yeah. Do you have weird facts? Crazy, yes. right? Yeah. I never would have known if you hadn't told me. Not awake enough for that. Oh. Okay. So, today's facts are from treehugger.com by Lisa, Lisa Joe Rudy. Thank you, Lisa. Um, let's start, shall we? Let's start. Let's shall we start. <laughs> Number one. Alligators are ancient. Uh, Alligators with other crocodilians have gone through very little evolutionary change since the time of dinosaurs. American alligators appeared about 84 million years ago while their ancestors evolved more than 200 million years ago. Wow. only older reptiles are turtles and tortoises. In fact, alligators are more closely related than di- to dinosaurs than are other modern than to other modern reptiles. Interesting. Good to know. Yep. Number two. They can't survive in salt water. Unlike crocodiles, alligators don't have the ability to eliminate salt from their water. So they can't so they can't swim in salt water. Huh. Salt water like has habitat salt water habitats like mangrove swamps. So if you see a crocodilian in salt in salt water, you can bet it's not an alligator. I see. Nope, it's a saltwater crocodile. Number three. The largest alligator weighed over a thousand pounds. The yep. biggest alligator in the world so far was fifteen feet nine inches long. And weighed in at 1,011 and, and a half pounds. Wow. He needed some choppy crake. <coughs> Excuse no, I me. I knew about that one because it, it somehow got across the, the ocean. Uh, and it turned the up. The gator was. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If that hit him with Fetty White Woods. This gator was caught in Mill Creek, a tributary of a river in Alabama. Some crocodiles are even larger than that. The largest crocodile in captivity is Cassius, an Australian croc who is 17 feet long. Get pretty big. Big babies. Number four. Uh-huh. The gender of an alligator is determined by the temperature. That's right. If the temperature in the baby alligator nest is warm, male alligators are born. If the temperature is cool, 
the babies are females. Mother alligators lay their lay their eggs on a mound of dirt. When they when the eggs are ready to hatch, the baby alligators use use an egg tooth on the top of their snouts to break the eggshell. A lot of reptiles do that very same thing. A lot of them do, yeah. Birds just use their beaks. They're just like... Number five. They can run fast, but tire quickly. (coughs) Alligators are built for speed, not endurance. They can run up to 35 miles an hour, faster than most humans. But they, but they are sprinters and can't keep up that place pace for long. In the water, they can lunge up to 30 miles per hour. They also can swim very fast by using their powerful tails to pro- propel them forward. Yeah, I've always heard that if you're being chased by an alligator or a crocodile, you run zigzags. Because they don't, as fast as they are, they don't turn well. And they yeah, will follow they're kind you. of big. So they will follow your pattern for a little while, and then they'll just, add ah, the heck with it, I'm going to go eat something. Because crocs much prefer to ambush hunt. Right. And today, we do have a plus one. Yay! We love Number six. Six. Hmm. Sounds weird. A little bit. While they prefer meat, they aren't opposed to fruit. Alligators are considered carnivores, but have been known to eat fruit. Younger alligators eat bugs, amphibians, and small fish, while their parents snack on larger fish, snakes, turtles, birds, and mammals. So, they could join that Fisher Friends Not Food group be okay. Yeah, they could. Wow, that was amazing, Krista. I learned a lot about gators this week. Uh, you want to know the reason why I talked about gators? That's what I was going to I was, was going to ask because gonna, I've never yeah. heard of gators being in England, short of zoos. No. Um, Krista has been into something recently. But maybe they conceal gators in things like, you know, gators in England and things like books. Well, you know, we keep gators in our sewers in, like, New York, so maybe they keep uh, gators in the London Eye Tunnels or something. In the London sewers, it's the great beast. Come on, don't you watch Neverwhere? No. No. Don't you read Neil Diamond? No. (laughs) (coughs) Sorry about that. I think you were already coughing, so I jumped in. (laughs) Um, no. I have been into a game called Security Breach, which is a Five Nights at Freddy's game made by Scott Cawthon. Of course, he quit um, a little while ago due to 
some things. I don't know what, and I don't want to know. So, um, but that was his last game. So, I'm making, I'm doing a project on it. And, and uh, your figured. Based on a gator, and so you thought you Montgomery Gator, yes. Yeah. So I figured I'd, you know, hop in the podcast today and uh, share some facts. I yeah. really appreciate that about you. Yep, we, yeah, we, we, we like our, our Krista facts. So whether they, they tie directly to the show or not, always fun. Okay. So, let's get into this case a little bit. First things first, couple names, very important, because they're, they're the biggest witnesses. Right. And so, we need to know a little bit about these people. The first one is Charles Irwin Halt. He's the deputy commander in 1980 of RAF Bentwaters, which is the, the Air Force base that the Americans were using at the time. It's a British base. But the Americans had leased it. I see. Now, uh, he is currently retired. Uh, he was a colonel in the Air Force. He served in Vietnam, Japan, and Korea before being installed as the deputy commander for RAF Bentwaters. So that's not a lot of information, but there's some things we can glean out of it. For example, he served in three different theaters, and in 1980, I doubt he saw much time in wars that may be Vietnam, but it's possible. Uh, but what we do know is in all three of those theaters, he did well enough that he was eventually installed as the deputy commander. Now, it is possible to fail upwards in the military, but usually they catch you before you, they get, you get to the level of deputy commander of an entire base. Right. So we, ha- we know that he executed his command with some competence, or else he never would have been tapped for the job. Now, the other person that we need to talk about and who who carries a lot of the the burden of proof here is a guy by the name of Jim Penniston. Now, he is former U.S. Air Force Security, retired. He entered the Air Force in 1973 served over 20 years active duty in the U.S. Air Force. He was assigned to the Strategic Air Command Elite Guard in Omaha, Nebraska, providing security for general officers, congressmen, foreign heads of states, and presidents. That's a pretty good, uh, that's a pretty good, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Resume. Yeah. Resume. It's a good resume. Uh, Penniston held key assignments throughout the world, including service in Desert Shield and Desert Storm. He wrote defense, security, counterterrorism, and contingency plans for the USAF and NATO. Additionally, he provided security support for Air Force One and other classified aircraft weapon systems. Penniston held, for the majority of his 20-year career, a U.S. top-secret BI-slash-SCI and a NATO top secret cosmic atomal security clearance. So, so there was quite a bit that this guy could and did know. Right. So, for him, 
So these are our two witnesses. So what what can we we say about them? We can say that they're professional guys who probably didn't get to where they were by being on and by and making stuff up. Right. So sure. that's our background on our big witnesses. And and it seems unlikely to me that either of these men would intentionally get something wrong nor would they make a simple error? It's not likely. Not really in their wheelhouse. So that's why we talk about them. So what did happen? Well, what happened was for two nights, December 26th and 28th, or sorry, the 27th and 28th, Of 1980. Of 1980, in oh. December, uh, security patrols saw strange lights and pursued them. Now, around 3 a.m. on 27th December 1980, security patrol near the east gate of RAF Woodbridge saw lights apparently descending into the nearby Rendlesham Forest. Servicemen initially thought it was a downed aircraft. Uh, upon entering the forest to investigate, they saw, according to Halt's memo, when what they described as a glowing object, metallic in appearance, with colored lights. As they attempted to approach the object, it appeared to move through the trees, and the animals on the nearby farm went into a frenzy. In oh. fact, there is a tape, the Halt tape. Uh, I encourage people to listen to it. I don't know its provenance as far as I mean, it's on YouTube, so but I, I don't want to use it and then have somebody from this guy's family go, uh, you didn't have permission, you were going to sue. Right. So, yeah. Uh, if he wants to sue the YouTube people, uh, he can. I'm not, I just didn't want to be involved in that. But, I hear you. there is a halt tape where he is speaking, and he does mention that as he's chasing these lights, the animals on this farm were going crazy that he could hear them just making a lot of verbal noises and they seemed to be scared. Now, as they attempted to approach the object, it appeared to move through the trees. As I said, one of the servicemen, Sergeant Jim Penniston, uh, later claimed to have encountered a craft of unknown origin while in the forest. Shortly after 4 a.m., local police were called to the scene but reported the only lights they could see were from the Orford Nest Lighthouse some miles away on the coast. After daybreak on the morning of the 27th, servicemen returned to a small clearing near the eastern edge of the forest and found three small impressions on the ground in a triangular pattern as well as burn marks and broken branches on nearby trees. Sounds like someone's there then. Right. At 10.30, the local police were called out again, this time to see the impressions which they thought could have made by an animal. Charles Halt visited the site in early hours of 29th December 1980, accompanied by scientists. They measured a radiation level of 0.07 millirontins per hour in the, triangle de in the triangle depressions. A similar burst was also reported at over half a mile away from the landing. Huh. Now I have the halt memo 
uh, and it's often used as it's submitted as proof, and it was just something that Charles Halt wrote at, to send to his superiors, and basically it's an explanation of <laughs> what's going on. So the subject is unexplained lights, and it, he goes on as this. One, early in the morning of 20, 27 December 80, approximately 0300, two USAF security patrolmen saw unusual lights outside the back gate at RAF Woodbridge. Thinking an aircraft might have crashed or been forced down, they called for permission to go outside the gate to investigate. The on-duty flight chief responded and allowed three patrolmen to proceed on foot. The individuals reported seeing a strange glowing object in the forest. The object was described as being metallic in appearance and triangular in shape, approximately two to three meters across the base and approximately two meters high. It illuminated the entire forest with a white light. The object itself had a pulsing red light on top and banks of blue lights underneath. The object was hovering or on legs as the patrolman approached the object. It maneuvered through the trees and disappeared. At this time, the animals on a nearby farm went into a frenzy. The object was briefly sighted approximately an hour later near the back gate. The next day, three depressions, one and a half inches deep and seven inches in diameter, were found where the object had been sighted on the ground. The following night, 29 December 80, the area was checked for radiation. Beta gamma readings of 0.1 millirogens were recorded with peak readings in the three depressions and near the center of the triangle formed by the depressions. A nearby tree had moderate 0.05 to 0.07% readings on the side of the tree towards the depressions. Later in the night, a red sun-like light was seen through the trees. It moved about in pulse. At one point, it appeared to throw off glowing particles and then broke into five separate white objects and then disappeared. Immediately thereafter, three star-like objects were noticed in the sky, two objects to the north and one to the south, all of which were about 10 degrees off the horizon. The objects moved rapidly in sharp angular movements and displayed red, green, and blue lights. The objects to the north appeared to be elliptical through an 8 to 12 power lens. They then turned to full circles. The objects to the north remained in the sky for an hour or more. The objects to the south were visible for two or three more hours and beamed down a stream of light from time to time. Numerous individuals, including the undersigned, witnessed the activities in paragraphs two and three. And it's signed by Charles I. Halt. So that's the Halt memo. And a lot of big, a lot of, is made from that. So, that's what happened. Now, the strange lights in the sky were also confirmed by the aid of two radars. Colonel Halt said, and this is on the tape, I have confirmation that Bentwater's radiate radar operators saw the object go across their screens at 60 miles per scope in two or three seconds. Wow. So a scope covering 60 miles, things cross it in three seconds. I don't know what that speed is, but it's a lot. Yeah. It, 
thousands of miles an hour is what he is the next thing he said. He came back across the scope again, stopped near the water tower. They watched it and observed it going to the forest where they were. According to Halt's memo, three star-like lights appeared in the sky, two to the north and one to the south. So that's what happened. That's the basics. That's the basics. That's it. Yeah. Now, this is called Britain's Roswell, but it's called Britain's Roswell because everything, everything that has been done to debunk it. And we'll get into that, but first, let's take a moment for a word from our sponsors. Not COVID. No, not COVID. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But, you know, you could say that we are sponsored by the level of the letter C. We have COVID and commercials, so. Well, yeah, I mean, you could say that. I don't know if you want to, but you could. Us and Sesame Street. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, in either case, I feel sponsored. So, let's talk about the skeptics for a minute. The skeptics have done everything they can to tear this down. Don't skeptics usually do that? I mean, that's kind of a skeptic's thing. I'd like to meet an unskeptic skeptic, but then they wouldn't be a skeptic any longer. Well, okay. Let's, let's ignore everything and, and, and focus on what we do, what, what they say. One theory is that it's, Scientists recorded a fireball that was in the sky. Now, apparently, occasionally, fireballs happen in the air, and so that it so it is recorded that one happened that evening, and everybody goes, "Well, that's it." But a fireball doesn't move across a scope at thousands of miles an hour, and we have Hulse testimony that that's exactly what it did, and again, we have verification that. Halt was not a crazy accustomed to making these sorts of reports, or he wouldn't have been the deputy base commander. Exactly. Another thing they like to say was, well, it was just the lighthouse. The cops, that's the only the light they saw was the lighthouse. So it's got to be the lighthouse. These are Air Force guys. These are trained observers. And you're telling me they can't suss out a lighthouse, lighthouse light, light from... An unexplained light? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then my other favorite is, well, it was bright stars. Okay. Let me go back again. USAF guys. Well-trained observers. Yep. Also, bright stars don't show up on radar. 
Not generally, no. So, hey, skeptics, I'm with you, but put something up that that nails all the all the all the bases. Now, my favorite, my favorite is the SAS, which is a, a branch of the British military. They conducted a training exercise that involved them parachuting in near the nukes that the USAF had stored on the base. And they were just supposed to get in and get out. They weren't supposed to do anything. These, these SAS guys were just supposed to sneak in and sneak out. Well, the USAF had just upgraded their radar. And so these guys deployed, supposedly deployed their black parachutes. And when they got down to the ground, a bunch of USAF officers were like, Hi, how you doing? What you doing here? And apparently they beat them up and sent them packing. And referred to them in their reports as uh, unconfirmed extraterrestrial. I see. Now, I can't find that anywhere, and that's the problem with this. But according to the people who believe this, these guys were so upset that their field exercise got ruined by the USAF that they faked, faked UFOs as a way to get even. That seems a bit of a stretch. First of all, how are you faking a UFO that goes thousands of miles an hour? If you have that sort of technology, please, Britain, share it with us. Uh, also, anybody who's ever investigated this story has said the, the idea that it's a hoax, at least based on this story, is also, this whole story is a hoax. So, you can't explain a hoax Without. with a hoax. You just can't. It's not going to work. So, that's what people have seen and heard. Now, we're going to cover one other thing, and that is Peniston. Jim Peniston was part of the security patrol that was out looking for this thing. And he saw it, and he reached out and he touched it. And he says it felt like there was a burst of static in his brain. Wow. That his brain was filled with zeros and ones. And he's got it written down somewhere. Like ASCII. Like binary code. Basic binary code. From just touching this thing. And he's got a lot of it written down. Now, a lot of people are a bit suspicious of that because none of this was mentioned in the initial report. But again, Jim Penniston's career was not over at that point. This was 1980. He still wound up serving in Desert Storm and Desert Shield. So that took him well into the 90s. Maybe he couldn't report it, or maybe he didn't feel like he could. Because you Air Force men that do things like report UFOs, there's a stigma that goes with them, and they don't do it easily. Fair enough. So, with what I know of Jim Penniston, I'm going to believe him. Well, I guess we'll have to believe him, too. So, 
Also, um, I just want to tell my hero, Josh Gates. Wait, wait. Oh my goodness, it's getting worse. <laughs> uh, just want to point out to my hero, Josh Gates. Um, we've covered Red Nostrum Forest, and you haven't, so we win. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, now, that's the basics, pretty much. That's the 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 bones. I thought we were talking about lights, not bones. That's the bones of the story. Okay. So that brings us to a summary. Our final thoughts. Uh, oh God. Let's start Sorry. with you, Krista. What do you think? I'm not sure she knows. She's been staring at her phone since she, she Well, she is, you know... I don't have any earbuds in. She is a preteen. She is a preteen. I am a preteen. So what do you think of Rendlesham Forest? And the lights? It sounds lighty. So, what do you think happened? Um, they saw a UFO. I'm not wrong, am I? She's just cut straight to the chase. She believes it's extraterrestrial activity. Well, you know, maybe she could have believed that they saw uh, the, the lighthouse that was always in the same place. But every no, what? No, no, no. no. Uh-uh. This, this is, this, this. This is not Castlevania. Sub it. The White House don't move. She could have thought it was a fireball in the sky. This. Stop. No. Uh, no. It, it's just a UFO. We leave it at that. Okay. What about you, dear? What are your no, thoughts? I, I think we. We circle around to it all the time that we obviously, we wouldn't talk about some of the things that we talk about if we didn't believe that there are things in the world that our human science just cannot explain. There are things in the world that we can't always touch, that we don't always understand or know about. Obviously, it is uh, my opinion, and I know that you probably feel the same, that, you know, there, we are not alone in the vastness of space. No, I don't think, I, I don't believe we are alone in, in the universe. No, never have. And so, I mean, I think that they saw something. I think that they tried to say something, and this is usually what happens when people try to say something. It ends up being discussed because mainstream, it's hard for people to, it's hard for people to accept something they didn't see with their own eyes, and well, and 
I guess that's that's part of the thing for me is that these are trained observers. These right. people are trained to witness. That's what they're trained to do, among other things. They they're not going to make things up. Right. You're you're never going to hear. So I was in a dog fight, and then a ghost popped out. Well, that's true enough. You might, but that's dumb. You know, you're not going to hear these guys say, you know, and, and so uh, I was doing my report, and then the aliens stole it. They're not, that's not who they are. Right. If they see something and they say something, it's because they believe they saw something. Right. And while we can argue about the forms of transport and the forms the aliens take and all of that basic voodoo, because at this point, I'm not sure they're coming from another world. I think they might be coming from another dimension. Just Skinwalker Ranch with all its portals and then lights and then things and then portals and lights and things. And stuff. It, it, it's crazy. Exactly. So, it, I, I just... And, and the thing is, is that Halt and Peniston were so moved by their experiences. They both still put out things for MUFON. That's... They, they're convinced. Yeah. And, and if you can convince a couple science guys like this, then they saw something. I, I, I'm not going to insist it was an alien, but it sure as heck wasn't a bunch of British SAS guys and a fake UFO. Fair enough. That wouldn't have raised the 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 radiation on the tree. That wouldn't have stirred up the farm animals. That sure as heck wouldn't have shown up on radar. True. So at the end of the as I guess is the final summary, I'm gonna say something happened. I don't know what, but something. They certainly saw something, and it was not of this earth. I think I can go with that and be happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. And if, you know... You know, I thought about it the other day, and it's, it's kind of like, imagine there are things that we just aren't in a place to understand today. And even 10 or 30 years from now, we may be in a place to understand. And I was thinking about it, and I don't know if it's the COVID in my brain or what, but thinking about the fact that when I was a young girl in 
medical history with you in the palm of your hand. Being able to have something you wear on your arm that can tell you if you're having a diabetic attack. Things that we never even imagined just 30 years ago. Well, how many times are we going to find out or is somebody going to find out down the line that these things that were unbelievable and unexplained and we're talking about today, that they made complete sense with what we're going to find out tomorrow? Right. No, if ni in 1980 you told me that there would be a social media site that... Uh -huh. Uh, you could access not only on computers, but by a phone, uh -huh. and that this site would would help Donald Trump one day get elected as president, I would have told you, write that down. That's going to be a great science fiction novel, but it'll never really happen. Yep. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It, and, and But that's the thing for me, too, is that in doing this, at one point in my life, I was sure that aliens came and spaceships from other planets. I'm not so sure that's the case. They maybe they come from other dimensions. Maybe it's a, a, a us from the future. Maybe it's I just I don't think it's as simple as aliens coming from other planets. It could be, but I just don't think so. So that brings us to the end of our time, or rather, the end of our story, not the end of our time. Yes, we don't want it to be the end of our time, please. <laughs> so, thanks for listening. As always, thank you to our listeners. We love you. Uh, we do. It's true. We love you bunches. Uh, you, you know, we wouldn't get together and do an episode on COVID just for anybody. So, that's exactly. Thanks to Bill Barrent, uh, the guy who does our music. If you need music for a project, he's the guy to get a hold of. That's Bill Barrent, B-E-H-R-E-N-D-T. Thank S you, Bill. At SBCGlobal.net. Thank you, Bill. Uh, also, thanks to Paige Elmore from Reverie True Crime, who did our Canva for our, our, our art. Thank, Thank you, you Paige. Thank you, Paige. Thanks to Aaron Gnurk and the Big Dumb Fun Show for the local stuff that you guys do. You know, Thank you very much. We need to throw out some love to our friend Kate Willinga. Yep. Over at Ignorance Was Bliss, who yep. is having a rough week. And I won't go into details because that's for personal information. But, Kate, we love you. Get better soon. We love you very much, Kate. Get well soon. Yes. So, uh, let's see. Oh, and hi, Caleb. We love you. Uh, yes. Hi, Caleb. So, follow us on Twitter. Uh, Krista is F. and Laura is Fam Pot Laura Mom. And of course, uh, you can follow the whole family on family or plot underscore family. Uh, yes, we love to see people in our Facebook group. Yep, we can love to see people in our Facebook group. And I will post show related stuff from time to time on my Instagram. Krista will post show related stuff on from time to time on her Instagram. Uh, I will post stuff on my Pinterest from time to time. So follow those things as well if you want. And join us next week for our exploration into Gobekli Tepe. So, a little bit of history. Alrighty then. A little bit of history, a little bit of mystery. Bye! Bye! Bye.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.